This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, welcome back to the show. Vancouver Province columnist Mike Smith with you today. Let's talk about one of the other big stories uh, in BC that's week, and that's your auto insurance. Now, it's interesting that ICBC is rolling out its new rate structure that kicks in on Sunday. A lot of people already getting uh, some interesting kind of results in their new ICBC premiums as the government uh, moves to a new rate structure. Y'all heard about the dumpster fire at ICBC and the government trying to put out the dumpster fire, and they're doing a lot to do that. But what about going to private auto insurance? Get set for a big debate on this in the days and weeks ahead, because I think this could be a critical issue in BC politics and in the next election. You've already got the opposition liberals saying that maybe it's time to take a look at private auto insurance, break up that ICBC monopoly for your basic auto insurance coverage. Now have a listen to this because the debate is already underway. The union at ICBC has a new public relations campaign to warn you about the dangers of private auto insurance. Have a listen to this ad. A lot of people ask me, what's the difference between public car insurance and private? And I say to them, well, think about health insurance in the United States. Private car insurance is a lot like that. Private insurers are motivated by profit, so they sell you the least coverage at the maximum price. They can cancel your coverage at any time, and they regularly delay and deny claims, leaving you with huge bills and without the care you need. I don't think we want that here. A message from MoveUp. Okay, MoveUp is the union at ICBC. Let me introduce you now to Annette Toth. She is the vice president at MoveUp. Hi, Annette. Hi, Mike. Thanks a lot for doing this. Also in the studio is Aaron Sutherland. He is the vice president of the Insurance Bureau of Canada. They represent the private insurance companies in the country. Aaron, thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me here today. Okay, got Annette, let me go to you first. That's an interesting ad that we just played. That's a freebie, by the way. We're not going to charge you for that one. Oh, that's a, that's, thanks very much. <laughs> okay. Uh, tell me, what is the point of the ad campaign that uh, that you're running here? Why are you running these ads? Well, uh, thanks, Mike, for inviting uh, me on. And, uh, Aaron, it's nice to to hear your voice. Um, I think that one of the things is that what's lacking in this debate has been the voice of the frontline workers, the people that every single day are dealing with British Columbians and providing the services that ICBC provides to them. And that's our members. Those are the people that, in fact, I am one. I was am a frontline worker at ICBC, and that's my role there. So I uh, know exactly how hard these folks work and how much they take seriously their commitment to British Columbians. Are, are you concerned that British Columbia might introduce privatization to, in auto insurance? Is that why we're, running, you're, we're seeing this campaign from the union now? I think that our concern is that uh, it's very easy to say privatize anything, um, but we've watched in the past other um, things being privatized. Uh, healthcare facilities get privatized, and we see people getting sicker. Uh, we've seen uh, water systems getting privatized and people getting uh, sick from that. And so 
we we feel that there has to be the other side of somebody else has to be talking about this, and uh, the the frontline workers at ICBC are the ones best positioned to talk about really what does it mean when we talk about public insurance. Okay, let's go to Aaron Sutherland from the private insurance company. Aaron, what do you think of that ad we just listened to there, warning uh, warning about the dangers of private auto insurance? Yeah, you know, look, look, I get it. We're not running ads because, frankly, the facts speak for themselves. British Columbians pay more under ICBC's monopoly than anyone else in this country. And while we could talk about the challenges in, you know, healthcare in the States and other things, let's focus on auto insurance, let's focus on the facts, and let's look across this country because... You know, having a government-run monopoly selling auto insurance isn't the norm in this country. Most other Canadians have the benefit of competition and choice. It works in virtually every other aspect of our lives. There's no reason it can't work in auto insurance, too. And the data tells us that with every other Canadian paying less on average for auto insurance, perhaps we need to start looking outside of ICBC, look outside the monopoly, and give drivers a choice. And I'm not okay. talking about getting rid of ICBC. Why not have the, Why not just give drivers the options? The best way we can incentivize ICBC to deliver the best possible product at the best possible price is to put drivers in the driver's seat, and if they don't like the price they're paying, they can take their business elsewhere. Okay, Annette Toth, what do you say to that? Well, I think there's a few things. Um, first off, uh, Aaron's comment about that it's not happening outside of uh, BC is actually untrue. Uh, there's pri- uh, public insurance in Saskatchewan, uh, there's public insurance in Manitoba, and there's public insurance in Quebec. And by the way, the, they are uh, the cheapest places to get insurance. The best coverages are out where you have uh, public insurance, such as in BC. And the reason uh, that we have such good insurance is because we take it seriously to make sure the public is taken care of over profits. Okay, do you accept his argument that BC has the highest auto insurance in Canada? Do you agree with that? No, I don't agree with that at all. And and uh, I think you have to do an apples-to-apples comparator. And uh, you know, If you're going to compare us to Alberta, uh, what they get is a much uh, less coverage in basic. If they had you had to go out and buy exactly what we get in British Columbia under our basic insurance only, which is, by the way, the only part that BC motorists have to buy from ICBC, so there right. already is competition in British Columbia, which uh, I think is a lot of people aren't talking about that part, but it already is there. Uh, You would be paying an awful lot more to get exactly what we have here in BC, which is better coverage uh, all around just on our basic alone. Aaron Sutherland, what do you say to that? Yeah, let's dive into that. So I think a lot of your listeners who've moved here from Alberta are going to disagree and they've seen a big premium jump. Uh, when they moved to this province and had to pay ICBC. We did a study. Uh, we looked at purchasing the, the same level of coverage, uh, you know, 1 million liability, collision, comprehensive, uninsured motors protection. It came back. British Columbians pay 60% more than they do in Alberta for the same level of coverage. The big Whoa. difference between BC and Alberta is who sells it to you. And again, the difference here is we don't have a choice. In Alberta, you can shop around. You can make sure you're getting the best possible price. You know, in, uh, competition forces any company to find those efficiencies, to create those innovations, to keep prices down. We don't have that in BC. And as a result, we're paying more. Now, well, you're correct to suggest you know, that, that ICBC's limits of their benefits are higher. That is true. But the reality is very, very few, if anyone, ever receive ICBC's full limit. The average claim in this province last year, uh, average injury claim, was $50,000. In Alberta, it was pretty much the same size. Okay, Annette, I think it's, you know... I think it can be frustrating in this in this debate when we get in start drilling down in the in the numbers here because you have one side saying we got the most expensive insurance in the country and you got the other side saying no what are you talking about it's not it's you know we're very competitive 
you know, what do you say to what he just said there that in Alberta is 60%, it's like 60% higher here than compared to Alberta? Yeah, well, first off, uh, the, I, one of the problems with that comparator is that the things that he's included in his comparison, actually, you can buy from private insurance. So when you talk about the additional $1 million third-party legal liability coverage, when you go to c- talk about collision coverage, when you talk about comprehensive coverage, that's all optional. That's not basic insurance. And the only part you have to buy from ICBC is basic insurance. So, again, right. that comparator is not not a apples-to-apples comparator. The other thing is that uh, private insurance companies already can compete on collision, comprehensive, excess, um, excess third-party liability coverage. And I believe it was on the Linda Steele show, people were calling in and saying, yeah, I asked for a quote, and you know what? There was almost no difference. Or if it was a difference, it was maybe 20 bucks. And those are also the people that the private insurance companies want to take. What people didn't call in to say is that young drivers, uh, newer drivers, people maybe that have had a collision, they aren't even going to be quoted on a price because, quite frankly, the private insurance companies don't even want them as, in, as insureds. They want the best of the best. They want the cream of the crop, which is who uh, they take now. And it, it's just it's an unfair uh, okay. uh, comparator. The other thing I'll say is yeah. that 80 per, over 80% of British Columbians right now, when they have a choice to buy their uh, excess uh, liability coverage, their collision, their comp. Yep. They're buying it from ICBC because the price is competitive okay, already. Let me, let me, Aaron, real quick, what do you say to that? Look, we could dive into the weeds on all of this. What I would suggest is, Annette, if you're correct, and if ICBC is the best game in town and they're the most efficient and nobody could possibly compete with them, why don't you guys open yourselves up to competition and see if that's true? Annette, what do you, what do you say to that? What do you say to that, well, Annette? Uh, I would say here's it's what Aaron wants is he wants a public school and private school system essentially. He wants to be able to cherry pick and take the best and the customers the lowest risk and leave ICBC essentially with all the high risk uh, drivers, which will drive yeah. up costs even further. So okay, okay. I mean, uh, here's what, here's we already what have we already yeah. have competition. It's already in place, and I haven't right. seen uh, Aaron's uh, uh, sponsors um, and the insurance companies that uh, fund his his role uh, actually being competitive. I think that they are their their okay. prices are already in line with what ICBC charges. All right, welcome back to our private auto insurance debate. My guest, Annette Toth, she is the vice president of the union at ICBC, Aaron Sutherland. He represents the private insurance companies. Aaron, I know you want to quickly respond to something the net said there before the break when she was arguing private insurance companies, you guys would just cream off all the sort of low-risk drivers uh, and all the high-risk drivers who get stuck uh, with ICBC. What do you want to say about that? Yeah, I'd like to address that and, and the suggestion that I'm biased. So for, first of all, what I would suggest is if we're going to open ICBC to competition, again, not get rid of ICBC, but just give drivers the choice to shop around, uh, that we do it in the way it's done in every other province where there's competition. And that is that you force every company, government forces every company to sell to everyone. And they have to take high-risk drivers, bad drivers, if you will, uh, by the percentage of the market they occupy. So if you're an insurer and you move into BC and you take up 10% uh, of ICBC's market share, you have to take, by law, 10% of the high-risk drivers. That's how you present, prevent ICBC from being the insurer of last resort. You create a level playing field and you give everyone equal choice. What that do you think of that, Annette? About. What do you think of that, Annette? Well, I, I think it's a it's an interesting idea, but... Uh, 
let's be honest, in Ontario, the uh, insurance industry just cancels insurance and they don't even have to uh, notify people when they're doing that. In fact, the IBC is backing uh, a court case right now that actually says that at least you have to tell people if you're going to cancel their insurance. They don't even do that. In British Columbia, people's insurance is not cancelled. They are insured once it's purchased. And that okay. is make sure that everybody here in British Columbia is a lot safer on the road. You have coverage, and it's one shop, too. You go one location. It's a much simpler system than having to now shop around, especially if you suddenly find out your insurance has been cancelled. Okay, Aaron, I know you want to respond to that. Yeah, look, Do look, it real quick. and get some phone calls in, okay? It's simply not true. You can't cancel insurance. You have to give everyone 30 days, and you have to provide mandatory auto insurance as prescribed by the government in every single province in this country, regardless who sells it. It's how a government like Alberta, Ontario, Atlantic Canada, it's how they ensure that everyone has access to insurance without actually having to sell it themselves. Because as okay. they've seen from ICBC's example, when government gets into the insurance business, it doesn't work out well for drivers, and it certainly doesn't work out well for taxpayers. Okay, that we're ICBC's lost $3 billion in the last three years alone. We're certainly getting both sides of it here today, for sure. Let's go to the phone lines now, see what people want to say. David in Surrey, hi, go ahead. Oh, hi. I'm just wondering, the two to $300 million a year in fraudulent claims that are uh, endured by ICBC, do, do private companies have to deal with that sort of loss? And secondly, what is the pension expense for ICBC employees that's been going on for who knows how long? Thanks. Well, let me go to the fraud first. Okay, we know that fraud is a problem at ICBC. I'm sure it's probably a, a problem in private insurance companies too. Aaron, is it? Absolutely. Fraud, yeah. distracted driving, higher legal costs. These are trends going on right across the country. ICBC would have us believe that this is, you know, the problem in this province is drivers. We're worse drivers than the rest of this country. Drivers are the problem. Uh, that's categorically untrue. We have the accident rate in this province is very similar to the Canadian average. It's not that we're worse drivers. It's that we simply pay more for the same level of coverage because ICBC has been unable to deliver savings that, that the public's been crying out for year after year after year. And that Toth. Oh, I mean, it's interesting that Aaron would say that when he actually worked for the government that was uh, taking $1.2 billion right out of ICBC, which has put them in this situation now. Um, probably people don't know that, but Aaron was a ministerial assistant uh, with the Liberal government. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's fraud happening, uh, but what I can tell you is that the staff at ICBC take their role very seriously to protect uh, the money that comes in uh, from British Columbians. They know that this is money that is entrusted to them by British Columbians. They are not answering to shareholders, okay. and they certainly don't have to answer to, uh, to um, pri big multinational companies. They're answering to British Columbians. Joe in Richmond on the open line. Hi. Thanks, Mike. Uh, my question is two parts for Annette. First of all, when I go to renew my auto plan, it takes basically five minutes. You're in and out. And apparently they take 25% of what I'm paying. So if I pay $2,000, they keep $500. Can we not renew directly to ICBC and put that $500 back into corporation? Okay, let me go to Annette Toth. Annette, I hear, the, I hear this all the time from people, Annette. Why can't I just renew online? Why do I got to go into an auto plan office? What do you think? 
Uh, well, you know, that's a decision that ICBC has made with the Broker Association and uh, the, right across this province. And my understanding is the reason they've done that is because they want to make sure that people have the right coverage uh, for themselves and for their family and that having a one-on-one conversation with the broker is the best way to make sure they do that. Having said that, I think that ICBC is looking at what would uh, online purchasing look like. I, I think that that's in the works, but there certainly has nothing been announced recently. But okay. I what I would say is it's to make sure people are properly insured and not just buying the cheapest and then finding out it's not what they need. Aaron Sutherland, you got like 20 seconds here. I, look, ICBC is now able to tell you your price online. They're able to tell you everything you need to know about your policy. Hey, we got the great debate going. Annette Toth is the vice president of Move Up. That's the union that represents ICBC workers. They have recently launched uh, a new public awareness campaign warning against private auto insurance. Aaron Sutherland, also here, Vice President, Insurance Bureau of Canada. He represents the private insurance companies in the country. Your calls to them, 604-280-9898 and star 9898 on your cell. Let's go to David in Surrey. Or no, wait a second. Uh, Paul, let's make my mistake. Paul in Port Moody. Hi, Paul. Yeah, I just had a question for Annette. It seems like everybody has to you know tighten their belts and and it seems like companies that have issues uh you know they call it the uh, so-called dumpster fire have to streamline their operations to to uh provide a, 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 a you know a better bottom line for the paying customers it seems that icbc hasn't done any of that it seems like icbc employees are are not making concessions um, in streamlining their operations, or even the CEO getting bonuses. I would ask you, is that fair to the public? Annette Toth. So uh, thanks for the question, Paul. And I would say that our members have actually done a great deal to help with uh, improving ICBC's bottom line. And that's what they do every single day of making sure that they're taking care of the money that uh, British Columbians uh, entrust with them. And one of the things that they do is they work extra hard and to make sure that people are taken care of. Uh, Some of the changes that have happened at ICBC have been at the full support and, in fact, the suggestion of the staff to make sure that it wasn't just about uh, cutting back on things, but actually making sure people are better looked after than ever than before. I guess the other thing I'd ask is, what do you think the CEOs and private insurance companies make? Because I can tell you that it's significantly more than uh, than uh, we would probably imagine. Okay, Aaron Sutherland, you want to weigh in on that? Sure. So, you know, let's talk about that because this all comes down to efficiency and innovation. And the fact of the matter is, ICBC has twice as many staff of any Canadian insurer their size. And other insurers are selling more than just auto insurance in more than just one province. So there's an efficiency question there. ICBC has also failed to innovate. You know, we can't purchase auto insurance online. We can do every other financial transaction online in our lives, yet we can't purchase auto insurance. It makes no sense. You know, the products they are selling us are different than the products other insurers have created okay. across this country. Per kilometer insurance, usage-based insurance, things like this that we don't have here in BC. And the only reason is because ICBC doesn't have to respond to what its consumers are demanding because consumers have no choice but to purchase what ICBC gives them. Let's, let's go to Brian in Surrey. Hey, Brian. 
Hey guys, uh, thanks Mike and to your guests. Glad we're we're discussing this. Interesting. I love to hear that ICBC uh, Frontline are doing uh, working harder to do a better job. But I'd like to actually hear what they're doing uh, to reduce costs. Why don't we do a comparison uh, ICBC versus private in uh, your pay, your benefits, your defined uh, benefit plans, uh, your every second Friday's off, uh, the amount of holiday weeks you get. It's just out of control. And I don't know of any other company that is hemorrhaging money and the upper management still gets their bonuses. Well, let's go to Annette Toth from the ICBC union. Annette, what would you say about that? Uh, well, thanks, Brian. Uh, the uh, those parts of that uh, you talked about are parts of the collective agreement, and in fact, in insurance industry, our staff are paid less than in a lot of private companies. Uh, they don't have bonus structures the way, and they certainly are not remunerated or rewarded for uh, not paying out claims, which does happen uh, quite frequently in private companies. And so it's that one of the biggest differences is uh, that there aren't bonuses to make sure claims aren't paid. Uh, at ICBC, they want to make sure people are looked after and that claims are paid. Is it, tr- is it true that ICBC employees get every second Friday off, like he said there? Uh, not all of them. Some do, but they actually work longer hours to get that. So they work a longer day uh, to mm. each day so that they're on, on call and uh, more available for staff. And uh, in exchange for that, it's uh, the time off is unpaid time. Let's go to John in, Ri- John in Richmond. Hi there. I got a lot to say. No, I can make it, just make, give me one thing, okay? Your best okay. shot. ICBC. The public auto insurance, unlike American private insurers who all have to advertise for your business, they own sports stadiums, some of them, and a lot of them sponsor major league sports. ICBC does none of that, but they don't offer multi-policy discounts to guys like me with multi-vehicles. I mean, come, stop insulting me. Okay, and that, what, would, what would you say to that? Uh, well, I, I don't sell insurance. That's not the job I have. But I do know that you can buy fleet insurance and fleet policies uh, from ICBC. Um, I know folks that actually deal with uh, claims out of a fleet policy. So they are available. And I would encourage uh, John to talk to their broker or to call the ICBC employees in the broker inquiry unit uh, to ask them specifically how they can uh, save money and put together a fleet policy for a multiple vehicle. Okay. Aaron Sutherland, what would you say about that? I, I think John was referring to family with one or two cars, and um, a fleet policy is many, many more than what he was talking about. Okay, well, what, what about a family with multiple vehicles? Yeah, in other provinces, you get discounts when you insure more than one vehicle with a single company. Hmm. Uh, here in BC, you don't. And again, I think the reason it comes down is because ICBC doesn't have to provide that to you. You have no choice but to purchase from them. In other provinces, other companies are forced to come up with these discounts because if they don't, their competitors will and their customer will leave them. BC doesn't, ICBC doesn't face that same challenge, and so they haven't responded to what their consumers want. Um, okay. Let's go to Greg in Surrey. Hi, Greg. Hey, good afternoon, folks. Yeah, go um, ahead. Uh, I moved here from Alberta it was a number of years back. I had two vehicles on the road in Alberta, full coverage, full collision, full comprehensive, everything. And to put one vehicle on the road just to get it on the road here costs the same amount of money. So this, uh, I, I don't want to call anybody a liar, but th- these mistruths that are being put out here from the union side, that it's all equal and it's all the same. And, and, and when the, your guest from the insurance uh, board 
says this is the numbers that's this much higher it's this your your guest from the union just says well no that's not true and then well, just moves on to something else well, i know it's like, like that's why i said it earlier it was kind of frustrating to compare the numbers because everyone's got their own numbers you know and, but, and not only that too but we've also got all the sweetheart deals and the sweetheart um um uh pension packages and everything else that we're paying for for tens of thousands of employees that that all has to come out of that insurance policy we all have they got, to i don't think they got tens of, of thousands of how many employees at icbc in that uh, I think there's over 6,000 uh, yeah. that includes all levels, but those also include people that do driver uh, road tests, uh, they do road safety, they do driver licensing. It's not just the insurance part. Uh, there's also the whole section that helps uh, young drivers get on the road, seniors with their road tests, um, making sure the roads are safer, safer, going out to schools. There's all kinds of parts of ICBC that aren't just about car insurance. Let me let me give you both an opportunity here to sort of make a a, a final argument or a final pitch here in the in the in the very short time we got left. Annette, what is it the main thing? And you guys got this ad campaign going. Driving public is the name of your campaign. What is the main message you want people to hear here? Well, I'd say that people shouldn't just be jumping on to say privatization is the only answer. Um, that certainly is not what we believe. And in fact, we know that in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Quebec, uh, they have great coverage. It's public coverage, and that uh, it, and and unfortunately, Aaron has not mentioned any of those jurisdictions. And in fact, one of the things that no one has talked about is discrimination in private insurance companies. At ICBC, you, they do not discriminate based on your age, certainly not on your gender, and they definitely don't even do things like what you're seeing now in Ontario. It's discriminating uh, rates based on your credit score. Uh, that's that's just not how we handle things in British Columbia. Aaron Sutherland, well, how would you sum it up? It's hard to respond to all this stuff. ICBC does discriminate based on age. They call it experience, and a kid with less experience than his mother is going to pay more. Might as well call a spade a spade. But look, at the end of the day, I am not talking about privatizing ICBC. I am talking about giving drivers a choice. Let them choose. ICBC could then be one of those options. And if ICBC is as effective and efficient as Annette says it is, then nothing would change. But if they're not, then drivers would save. And that's what we should be focused on. What is in the best interest of drivers in this province going forward, not what is in the okay. best interest of our Crown Auto Insurer? Guys, I want to thank you both for a really excellent conversation. I've appreciated your time today, and I'm sure we'll be reaching out to both of you again in the future because I think we're going to be talking about this more as we go forward. Thank you to both of you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much, Mike. You bet. Thank you. That is Annette Toth. She is the vice president of Move Up. That's the union that represents ICBC workers. they got an ad campaign out there now. You probably hear it running on the show today a couple of times, I think.